0: All right, everybody, welcome back. This is episode 48 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We are back again this week. We've got another fantastic guest for this week's show. We're going to talk about uh, a place that I really love a lot, and I know that our guest does as well. But before we get into that,
1: let's welcome our co-host, Steve. What's happening, Steve-o? Hey, good to be back on the show. Can you believe it's almost September, Tucker?
0: (laughs) You know, I'm a little bummed because we didn't get summer until like August 10th, and now (laughs) it's almost September, so... Yeah. I was, you know, last summer I just had my daughter, so it was kind of a blur. And this summer I was like, all right, I'm going to have a summer to enjoy and spend marginal at best. So.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the good news is from my experience here in, in our great area, we tend to have long Indian summers. So I expect the weather is going to be pretty good for a couple more months. But it's still it just there's something about when September rolls around that it just doesn't feel like summer anymore, at least in your mind. And uh, I'm Kind of dreading that because I was—it's definitely my favorite time of year.
0: Yeah, I like summertime for sure, but I guess uh, it's got to come to an end eventually. Hopefully, it lasts a little longer. But uh, so, what's been going on with you over the past week? We've got a great guest, but before we roll into that, let's uh, <laughs> maybe get an update from you on what you've been seeing out there in the real estate trenches.
1: Yeah, so I kind of chatted with my team yesterday. I was like, "Hey, what should I talk about on my podcast? You know, what's what's interesting in our business." And it was pointed out to me something that the second it was mentioned, I was like, whoa, yeah, you're right. That is the case. We have more contingent offers. In fact, in the last week, we have three different transactions. They're all obviously being contingent offers. They're all list sellers of ours. But some they have offers out, I guess, a couple of different ways, now that I think about it. Two of them are listings where the offer we received is contingent on that buyer who's working with a different agent selling their house. The third one is our seller. We're about to list his house this Friday, and he made an offer on a house that he found that's contingent on him selling. So... It was kind of pointed out to me, and I agree, that that is is more than we've seen in most weeks. Now, if that's a fluke for this week, I don't know. But the fact that not only are they out there, but they're being accepted, they're being entertained, you would think kind of associates with a little bit of what we talked about last week with a a little bit of a cool down in the market. But I will say we also took a listing live in Oregon City that went – pending with multiple offers within 24 hours and it was a $525,000 house in Oregon City which is a lot of house for Oregon City especially for the neighborhood of this property. So so it's not all, you know, it's not all slow or doom and gloom by any means. There's still some good stuff going on out there, but that was interesting that we have more contingencies. On the brokerage side, a couple things, had some interviews this week. We met with a fantastic agent. I can't say the name yet but he's going to be coming on board with PPG. He's our new head reviewing broker. Is the position he's he's been hired for and will be coming on board in about 2 weeks. So, we have here at PPG, we have seven reviewing brokers that oversee our 600 plus agents and he is going to up until now Kelly Yock, our president has been the one that, you know, anytime the reviewing brokers have an issue or they want to go and elevate something to the next level. They go to Kelly Yock. Well, this person's going to step in. In addition to being a reviewing broker himself, he'll be the reviewing broker that all the other agents or all the other reviewing brokers go to. He'll also be the broker listed in the MLS, so that when there's those fun complaints from you know one principal broker to another, that's who they will be calling versus Kelly Yock. And I know he's been, you know, that's that's a lot of on his plate that is now going to be coming off. He can help us focus on growth and strategies moving forward. So that was kind of a big deal that happened
0: this week. And I'm sure there's a lot of fires that come with that. I think that our guest probably gets to deal with a fair (laughs) bit of that as well. Yeah. (laughs) uh, He runs his own office also. But uh, yeah, big stuff going on with PPG as always, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, what's going on with you this week, Tucker?
0: Um, well, we're about to take two listings live. We are going to be the cheapest listings in Southeast Portland in different parts. We're actually selling two two houses. One is a light fixer, one is a little bit heavier fixer. But we're going to put one on the market. The light fixer, it's totally livable. Eight thousand square foot lot, three bedroom, two bath, thirteen hundred fifty square feet in Woodstock for two fifty nine. So wow. that'll probably blow up uh, Chris's phone this weekend. And then we're putting another one uh, on the market um, that's right down off of uh, 52nd and Lambert for $159. And uh, it's a livable house, but it's actually platted for two lots. So if anybody's out there and they're listening, check out RMLS this week and Monday because they're going to be steals. And, uh, Tucker, the- are, are you fast.
1: purposefully listing it low with the idea to get multiple offers and bid it up, or is that... I mean in your comping process, did that Woodstock one just feels like a smoking deal for yeah, it's there's a one across the house, right? There's
0: one across the street that <laughs> was fully renovated, sold for three eighty one, and it's you know, minus about three hundred square feet. So yeah, will it get bit up? Probably a little bit. But again, these are not ones we're taking to full retail. We do a lot of that, but heading into the season we're heading into, I just feel like this is the sweet spot for that market, that price point. So
1: we're giving the market what it wants is essentially the way I look at it. Was this a property? Let's talk about the Woodstock one. Was this a property you bought as a flip or did you buy it and, and piece off a, a chunk of land that you're going to build a house on?
0: No, we bought it as, a, as one that we were going to potentially flip. And then you
1: just did a mild? We did a mild,
0: yeah, a mild renovation on it. So Just
1: like surfaces, well,
0: carpets, we had floors. Three 40 yard dumpsters worth of crap <laughs> to take out of it. So if that's mild, I guess,
1: you know, but uh, yeah.
0: And then other than that, yeah, some surfaces some bathroom stuff, some kitchen stuff, uh, stuff like that.
1: So when you bought it, was it going to be a mild flip or was it intended to be a, a major one? And now you've kind of pulled back and you, just um, it
0: was it. going to be a bigger one, but, uh, we've, we've pulled back a little bit just cause, um, I just think that right now with where we're at in, um, you know, the market cycle and, you know, everybody wants affordable housing, right? Well, yeah. we're, we're Portland's affordable housing provider. Yeah. This yeah. That's, That's awesome. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, other than that, you know, I think I told you I actually went to Bend uh, weekend before last and uh, spent some time there, played some golf, ate at a bunch of really good restaurants. And uh, it got me thinking, you know what, we need to do a Bend show because I, I personally love it over there. And our guest, uh, who I'll introduce here in just a second, he actually moved over there what, probably five years ago now, something like that. And uh, he lived here for a while. We actually shared an office here for uh, a year or so. And he said, you know what, I'm going to get the hell out of Portland and I'm going to go live in Bend. And I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. So I thought it would be great to have him on the show. We can talk about where Bend has been, where, you know, we think it's going and just everything in between. So, uh, Scott, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be a part of this.
0: Yeah, we're, we're super happy to have you. And just so everybody who's listening knows... What's your official title with Stellar Realty Northwest, which is essentially your company?
2: Yeah, so I'm the owner and also principal broker. Uh, We've got a Bend office and a Portland office, and uh, I run completely the Bend office, and we've got about 20 agents or so here in Bend, and we're uh, in a pretty cool location right next to Cascade Lakes Brewery, if you've been there, I don't know if you got there when you were here, but... Our back door walks right out to their courtyard patio, which is kind of convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's nice for sure. And it's you know, I mean, we hit the slopes uh, earlier this year together, and I think it's all about fifteen minutes from the you know door of your office to the main lodge there at Mount Bachelor, which is pretty cool. It's a
2: pretty sweet location. They're actually building the uh, four-year OSU Cascade campus for your university right in our right outside our parking lot, basically too. So. That's pretty exciting. Watching that go up and see what kind of uh, things we're gonna get from that. So, for sure, pretty exciting for Ben.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I went there. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I also was there earlier in the year when we hit the slopes. That I, I will say that OSU campus has gone a long way in just a few months. That's for sure. They've gone pretty bananas with putting that thing up.
2: Yeah, totally. And they're supposed to. I mean, it's hard to believe they're supposed. To. To be able to do open for fall classes really? which wow. man it yeah it, it still seems like there's a lot to go, but they're having their open house or grand opening for I think it's called Tykison Hall September thirteenth so they're over there getting everything ready, so and I apparently the dining and the residential areas that's not going to be ready till winter, so those students will have to live in the dorms up by the community campus until they're f-
0: fully ready to go here for winter. Gotcha. Cool. So how long ago was it that you moved over there, Scott? It was like five years, right? It
2: was actually in 2009. So it's it uh, seven years. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't seem like that because at first, uh, when I first moved to Bend, I kept coming back to Portland, you know, every week where a lot of, you know, when I first moved here, a lot of people did that in Bend. They just did that commute. And would, you know, work in Portland, live in Bend. And I used to come every Tuesday morning, spend the night, work Wednesday, come home and kind of just do that every week. And now I don't really do that anymore. And I'm just uh, pretty much 100% in Bend now. But
0: Yeah, I remember uh, that commute. That I think that's why I think it was only five years ago because I yeah. think for two years you did. Yeah, for the first
2: two years I was there religiously you know every it. single time. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And then – five years, you had not seen me as much. So. Yeah, that's
0: true. So, <laughs> so, I mean, when you moved over there in 2009, obviously home prices were quite a bit different. You know, it was probably the, you picked a, uh, probably the most opportune time to move there in terms of, of pricing on homes. It was probably the bottom of the market is my guess.
2: It was. It, and, you know, when I first moved to uh, Bend, the real estate market was almost non-existent here. And so, for the first couple of years, I mean, I really only focused on Portland stuff and would do that. Didn't even really try to get into the market, into the bed market at that time. And then we actually, so when we first moved here, we rented for the first couple of years uh, in Northwest Crossing and then purchased our house in 2011. And that was, you know, it was already starting to climb back up and the market was getting better. And, you know, fortunately we got in during that time when... That was kind of just in time before the market really started to go uh, increase. But yeah, that, those first couple of years here in Bend was a ghost town as far as real estate was concerned.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember God when around the time that we first met. You know, I was we were looking at all kinds of foreclosure related inventory. I mean, it was just insane how cheap you could buy stuff for in Bend because it was like literally the middle of the real estate crater. <laughs> is kind of the yeah. way it was, you know, because there was so much. California money, there was so much over-leveraged financial crap that had to work its way through the system there. Yep. And, you know, from where it was then, 2008, 2009, 2010, and then obviously it started to pick up momentum 2010, 2011, and now to today, it's made a big change. But, you know, in being there the last weekend, or the weekend before last, for the first time, it really felt like Bend has a a, a real community of its own. It's got legs of its own. It's not so much you know, an influx of California money that's propping it up. What's your take on that right now? Or what's your feeling?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think Bend is kind of at a we- at a weird spot right now where it's going from this kind of small town vibe to more of a city. And so they're really, you know, there's there's more jobs. There's what we're seeing a lot of is people not just buying second homes or vacation homes, but they're they're actually either choosing to move here. Most of the time it's choosing to move here versus uh, just getting relocated here. And, you know, I think a lot of that is with because of technology and with people in, you know, technological jobs where either software type of companies in California or Seattle, Portland, they're able to do that job from anywhere now. So now they can move to Bend, keep their San Francisco salary and work wherever they want to. And I think a lot of, I think Portland's seeing that a lot too as well, where you get a lot of those types of people, they're able to move anywhere now. And so they get to choose where they want to live versus going there for the job. They just bring the job with them. So I think that's what we're seeing in Bend quite a bit. And, uh, you know, why not go somewhere to Live where you would like to retire someday, and uh, so I think we're seeing a lot of younger families and people move into the area.
1: Scott, that's an interesting question I was going to ask. So, what do you think is the major industry? Do you think it's the technology industry that is there local in Bend?
2: Well, that's a great question. Technology, <laughs> the service industry is always probably going to be the biggest one for for Bend, just because of the tourism. And we get close to twenty thousand people a month. Of tourists in the summer, kind of like Tucker was saying, you know, just, uh, there's summer can be a little crazy. And so you've got the, the tourism uh, jobs, but unfortunately those don't pay that well. And so that's why there's the, you know, Tucker mentioned the affordable housing uh, he's providing over there in Woodstock <laughs> and stuff. And so that's, uh, that's one of those things where Bend is a real, that's a real issue or a, a goal for Bend is to provide more affordable housing. And so they're really trying to make efforts to do that. One of the things they're trying to get going now is the urban growth boundary. And
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't know they have an urban growth boundary in Bend then, Scott. Yeah, okay. they do.
2: And they're looking to expand it now. They're in the, I think, final phase or phase, phase three. And it's right before they uh, take it to the state. And so this time they're trying to, it it costs a lot of money to you basically take your, your uh, proposal to the state. And so they're really going through a lot of effort and uh, stages to make sure that whatever they propose to the state this time doesn't get turned down.
1: So let me, let me ask a couple follow-up questions on this, Scott, because this is news to me. So you're telling me but a city like Bend that has an urban growth boundary that 's controlled by the state I somehow thought that was self imposed by the city or the metro area. Is that how that works
2: yeah you ha- apparently you 've got to get permission from the state in order to do that so it mm. basically it's a you know a checks and balances on each city so that the city can 't just do whatever they want to serve themselves and it 's uh something to So make sure that it's done right and taken in all the important considerations.
0: I think it's called Metro Council, Steve. And so since we're in Portland, we're pretty close to Salem. And so they probably, you know, meet somewhere in between or or down there, whereas Bend is so remote that they probably have to bring it to Metro Council, essentially, and get Mm. the approval that way. So Mm. the representatives from Bend probably, you know, have to bring it there's my guess. I, I just thinking out loud here, but that would be my guess on how it probably works. But it's an interesting idea because, you know, obviously we have an urban growth boundary here. The big fight here in Portland is push it out or increase density. And people that don't want density increased probably don't want it pushed out either. But the whole idea is to utilize the land within it that's zoned for what it's zoned for. And, you know, going through Bend, I will say There are quite a few, you know, bigger lots, oversized lots, probably quite a few lots that are underutilized per the zoning is my guess, which is why they probably had trouble pushing it out. But they also don't want to get over the handlebars. You know, if the market slows down again, you have all this sprawl, you know, that puts them in a really bad position in terms of what will happen to the real estate market and especially the stuff that's going on on the outer edges is my guess.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's definitely been a concern. And, you know, some people, some buyers, in band who are thinking of purchasing, you know, that's a common question. It's like, well, what, what do you think is going to happen with the urban growth boundary? And when that happens, they don't want to buy something and kind of like you said, get over the handlebars and all of a sudden the house prices plummet or, or, or whatnot. And, and so that's a, I think that's a real concern for people.
1: Scott. In the mid-2000s, Bend had a very prosperous period of time. And I think whenever Bend does well, what we always hear so much about is the Californians moving there. I think you, you brought up an interesting, and I think it's a newer conversation this time around that didn't happen in the mid-2000s. And that's where it's younger people who are still employed who are relocating there and they can keep their job That is out of their house, then it's a remote job. And yes, we do have a lot of that in Portland, too. And it is it is very good for Oregon's economy and and our housing, because these people are realizing that they can have five times the house for the same amount of money in that context. But then and now there's been a lot of talk also about retirees, too, and the baby boomers and the aging population. And and I know they love Bend. How do you see, I know you're newer to, to the area. You have only been there since I think 2011 is what was said. How do you see this being different this time around? Or what do you hear from others in the industry, the agents that work for you? Do they feel it's a, you know, it's similar. Do they feel like this time is stronger? It's, What's your take on things?
2: Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, and you know, you're right. I wasn't here in 2004 and and in that time frame. But what I hear a lot is that a lot of those buyers back then were uh, second home buyers, and so they were, you know, when the when the collapse comes what's the first thing that you uh, let go? It's that second home or vacation rental, right? And you try to hang on to your primary as much as possible. And so that's it is a big difference. This, this time around is where I see people are owner-occupied properties and, and yeah, retirement, but they're, they're actually living here, moving here um, versus just a second home or a vacation rental. And you still get the vacation rental, and you know a lot of people are interested in that. And that's another thing that the city of Bend has really kind of ha- had to hone in on and, and make, that, make that a goal for them as well, because there's having some issues with people uh, purchasing kind of bulk properties right around the 10 barrel and Galveston area and, and all that kind of stuff and, and turning them into nightly rentals. And so this, there's a new city ordinance. You have to have a permit now to have a vacation rental. VRBO or a, a nightly rental is what they call it.
0: And I think isn't there because I I saw the permit on the wall, the place that I stayed, which was right by yeah. Ten Barrel in Galveston. Yeah, <laughs> I was there contributing go. I was contributing to the problem this you know past <laughs> weekend, but uh, I also heard that there's like a rule that you can't have one nightly rental within like what 250 feet or 500 yeah, feet of another one.
2: Foot radius of another one, and and basically, so it's it makes it a little bit difficult as far as you know being a real estate broker trying to help people who want to buy, you know, vacation rentals because there's a whole nother layer where you have to find properties that are not within a 250 foot radius of the other one in order to be able to apply for that permit. Right. And that whole, that area where you stay Tucker is one of the, I think reasons that they started that permit is because there's a lot of little bungalows that people are able to, uh, purchase and turn into nightly rentals because, uh, It's a perfect area for it, really.
0: Yeah, and I—I mean, I get it. You know, you get nightly rentals there, and everybody's basically going to stay in that area to party, right? So you get disruptors that come into a neighborhood of owner occupants, and it probably gets annoying after the fifth night in a row of you know disruptors (laughs) hanging out next to you. I mean, I—I totally get it. You know, so I—I understand where they're coming from there. That's for sure.
1: Scott, is there a website that shows? All these places with permits, how do you know? if? Yeah, that's a
2: great question, Steve. I think the city is trying to put something together on that now. But right now, the uh, way to do it is got to call the city with an address and see if that would be uh, applicable. But they don't really have a, I think that's what they're working on, but they don't really have a, a site for that now.
0: Yeah, it would seem like that would be the easiest way to to do it, but yeah, yeah, it makes it a pain in the butt, especially for, you know, if you're looking for houses for people that are looking, you know, for investment type property, you've got to make the call every time you've got a potential before you write an offer, right? Yeah,
1: it's kind of tricky. I think I hear one of those VRBOs right there in your office, Scott.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got a a group in today, so... (laughs) So, hey, let's chat a little bit about the Redmond Airport. One of the things I noticed, you know, a decade ago, and by the way, Scott, I love Bend. I've often said, I've lived all over Oregon. I grew up in the Salem area, actually outside of Salem. I then lived in Salem. I've lived a little bit in Yamhill County. And then in my early 20s, I I relocated and moved finally to the Portland area, and I've never looked back. I love Portland. I think it's such a great place. And I've often said that there's not another city outside of maybe Bend that I would live in, in Oregon. And, and I, and I mean that with a lot of fondness to that area as well, I think, cause I, I kind of like, I'm a big city guy now. I've, you know, having lived in Portland for a while and even though Bend isn't, and I don't think there's many other big cities in, in Oregon, mind you, but Bend just has, it has it all going on. It's got, it's got a great, you know, winter and summer amenities and wonderful things to do. That said, I always lamented about a decade ago that for people, it felt like you had to drive to Portland if you wanted to travel somewhere. And and I know Redmond for a while has had those little charter planes that could bop you over to Portland, but it was still just kind of a little bit of a hassle. I'm hearing now that more and more they're starting to fly big 737s in there, and they're not just flying to Portland, they're flying to other areas, which is huge, I think, for Bend. I think that's a game changer that will really, really put it on the map and really allow it to grow an economy that is independent of the Portland metro area. Can you speak to that a little bit? Are you noticing that? I mean, do you do you fly regularly out of that airport? And are you able to go to other large cities across the country?
2: Yeah, we do. We When I first moved here, if we wanted to fly somewhere, you're right. We would. You get a cheaper ticket heading out of Portland, and you might take that drive. Now, there are more options for you going out of Redmond, they've got the nonstop flights to LA, they've got some different flights that, you know, go to larger hubs that you can go out of, I think, to Salt Lake, and then head from there. So yeah, there's definitely more options now. And I, you know, I find it seems like most of my friends are people that I know will end up flying out of Redmond instead of doing that drive to uh, Portland now. So I think as that demand increased, they're able to bring you know, bring more flights and and make it make sense for people here.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely a game changer. I, you know, I, it's, Ben has grown a lot. You know, I had buddies that went to college there back. Well, right about when I went to college, late nineties. And, um, it was a very, very different place. And to have a, you know, not only an airport like that, where you can take flights, you know, beyond just little puddle jumper prop planes where nobody walks down the aisle with anything other than maybe something around their neck, right. to Hand out peanuts, if at all to uh, yeah. you know more formal what we consider you know commercial flying it's been a big change and i'm i really do feel like it's got its legs under it i, I would be a little concerned about the urban growth boundary which it sounds like a lot of people are because there's probably some pushback you know a lot of people don't want to see the density thing happen maybe in certain neighborhoods which is normal right yeah. that's happening in portland as well but i think if they can control the growth Properly. I mean, I think that it's grown into itself with where it's at right now. And, um, you know, I think if it continues to grow responsibly, I really do think it's got its legs under it. And really, everybody that goes there loves the place. I mean, I went there and played golf a couple months ago. I played pronghorn, 100 bucks for 18 holes. (laughs) You know, uh, US Open was uh, having their uh, qualifying there the following week. 100 bucks. I mean, that's what I paid for Langdon for 18 holes, right? You got these mountains around you, you've got US grade you know, course uh, and a cart. I mean, it was phenomenal.
2: There's so many cool, fun, I mean, things to do here in Bend, And, you know, the golf courses are just one of the things to the breweries, to the mountain biking and all the outdoor activities. I mean, it's, it's, they've got some, Ben is really investing a lot into their culture as well. I mean, they opened the white water park of uh, through uh, the Deschutes river that now allows people who are floating down the river to, before you'd have to get out and go around. Now it's a, a big project that they, they open that up and for kayakers and all that kind of stuff. So there's some really cool, exciting things happening around Bend. And so I do think that it's gonna be one of the challenges as you grow to, to how to keep that culture. Versus getting too big to where it becomes another you know big city, and I know for me you know when i I was living in- I lived in Portland for twelve or fifteen years before I moved to Bend, but one of the reasons we ended up moving to Bend was because uh it was right at the time my oldest kid was going into kindergarten, and we wanted to raise our family somewhere you know where I wanted my kids to be able to kind of have that freedom that we had when we were kids, you know, ride your bike down to the school and or the park and, you know, and, and not have to be worried about it. And and then I feel, truly feel that that's one of the few places in Oregon that you can actually do that and feel safe. My kids ride downtown Bend now on their bikes and, you know. And we feel safe for them to do that, and that was an important thing for us is to kind of give them that freedom a little bit growing yes. up,
0: yeah, I totally agree i mean i was when I was there last weekend, they had uh that big car show that was there, yeah, and um I went and had uh sushi at uh five fusion five yeah five times fast right a great great place <laughs> but uh so we were watching the car show, eating sushi, and then we went out and you know stood on the side while everybody was blasting music on each corner, you know, and the cars were going around around around. Yeah. And there was like literally zero riffraff. Like, and I was thinking <laughs> to myself, you know what, if this was in Portland and we had some sort of a big festival or something like there's going to be riffraff everywhere. And when I say riffraff. <laughs> I mean, the kind of stuff that makes you a little uncomfortable about letting your little kid ride his bike around downtown. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But there was tons of people out and zero riffraff. I mean, it was the quality of life aspect to that is huge. And so I totally understand what yeah. you're saying there. Yeah.
2: And, uh, yeah. And, and hopefully Ben will be able to kind of keep that, Moving forward, even as we grow. So, hey
1: Scott, what's your guys' traffic like? <laughs> I mean, compared to Portland,
2: <laughs> non-existent. I mean, it's so funny. You'll you'll see people get stuck on a roundabout and uh, like ten cars deep and start complaining about traffic. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, coming from Portland where you know I'm heading 205 at four o'clock or four thirty, it's you know, uh, it's try, not. It doesn't even compare.
1: Try two Try 205 at two p.m.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. See, when I was there, it was kind of four or three, and now I think it keeps getting. Uh, uh, I,
0: I can beat both of you. I went down to Wilsonville at noon on Sunday. Stop traffic <laughs> between oh, uh, Waliton and uh, Wilsonville, both going and coming from, or going to and coming from. I mean, it, it's insane. And you know, you know the reason why I narrowed it down. And they they turned the reader board on to say that there was potentially traffic seven miles uh, ahead. And everybody wow. slowed down to read the reader board for the 217 entrance, and it slowed down traffic <laughs> down there. So, yeah I, yeah, I do think that's funny, uh, Scott. If people start uh, complaining yeah. about a few cars that around,
1: it,
2: it seriously is. And I'm like, have some perspective, people. It's okay.
1: Scott sold. I'm, I'm packing my bags. I'm moving yeah. in. Come on, Steve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I honestly felt that way last time when I was there a couple weeks ago, and you know, I was talking to Joni, my wife, and I was like, you know. We obviously have a, a little kiddo right now, and we're, we've got a lot going on here in Portland, but I was thinking, you know, in a few years, it really is a, a quality of life thing, and it, it, there's so much to do there, and I, I do think it's changed so much that it I don't think it's a big transition. I think that it's, you have virtually everything that you would have here, but you just have a little better quality of life and a lot more outdoor activity stuff that you can easily do. Plus, you have great golf, so, you know, I'm sold I, with that yeah, a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the things that you would miss about big city is maybe like the restaurant choices. You have got a lot more of that kind of stuff and shopping and, and those kind of things. But blazer games, yeah. blazer, yeah, games. blazer yeah. games, you know, but it makes, makes it nice because to have a reason to go to Portland and believe me, it's a pretty easy commute. I've did it for two years straight and it's and then it, you, it makes you appreciate the things about Portland, too. So when you get to Portland, it's a. You know, going to a Blazer game is exciting, not just, you know, oh, I got a free ticket going on Tuesday night. So it's kind of more of an event going to Portland now.
1: Scott, when you drive to Portland, do you take the, the Hood route or the, the one through um, Salem and, and I, Sisters? Yeah, I
2: usually go Sisters, Sandy Am, Pass. My office in Portland was, is uh, right yeah. near John's Landing. So it, you know, getting right on I 5 there made it make more sense. The other way, it seems like I always get stuck in Gresham or something. So,
1: yeah. Is it, it kind of comes down to where you're going and coming from because it's pretty much six one way, half dozen the other. If you're, if you're like heading to the south,
2: go 26 instead of, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you're going to the airport, you'd probably go past Hood. Yep. If you're going to that side of town, it probably has a little to do with what part of Bend you're in, too, right?
0: Yeah. Not too much. Not really, because so. you, you exit out of Bend the same way. You just go left or yeah. right. Got it. Take it yeah, got you it. can
2: either. It's kind of like take a left or take a right, and that's which <laughs> way you're going to yeah.
1: go. <laughs> so it has more to do with what part of Portland you're going to. Got it. Exactly. And yeah, I
0: yeah. clocked it. at. uh I've done it in just about three hours the last two times. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's not a bad commute, really.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: it's not bad. Yeah, cool. Not bad. It's a pretty drive. San oh, Amp's yeah. a little is a little bit more curvy than uh 26. Yeah. Um, but it's fun to mix it up
1: every once in a while. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're both gorgeous drives. Absolutely. <sighs> cool.
0: Well, I think we've covered some good ground. I guess before we cut you loose here, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What do you think over the next 12 months you're going to see in the real estate market there, and Ben, what's your, uh, maybe not prediction, but what's your feeling? Yeah,
2: I've, I heard you guys talking about a little bit of a cool down that you were experiencing maybe last week or uh, last over the last couple of weeks. And I'm feeling the same thing here. We got about two mo- point nine months of inventory in bend, yeah. and I know in Portland you've got even less than that.
0: I think you got two. Wait, two point nine months in bend? Two point nine. Yeah, we were one point nine in the last one, but we, yep. were, we were me and Steve were crying about one point nine a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> all no relative, right? We're the guys at the roundabout. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> <near> the guys.
2: One point nine, but I do feel you know we got the election year coming up, and you know so. Some different factors going on. Interest rates are still low, so it's it's still a good time to buy. We're seeing some more price reductions happening, so I do feel like it's going to just kind of stabilize over the next you know six to nine months. But you know we're seeing less of the multiple offers that, than we were before, and uh, so I think it's kind of turning into a really healthy market, actually.
0: Yeah, I agree. With on kind of the heels of that, one last thing: what would be the part of Ben that you think is uh- poised to be, I guess, maybe the highest demand or the the best part of Bend over, over the next year and even beyond, really? What what do you think?
2: Well, historically, typically the northwest and west side of Bend is kind of the more desirable, the one that's going to hold the most value. And so anytime you can get get there, you're probably doing yourself pretty good for future resale. It costs more on the west side. But you know, if you want to just get into Ben and kind of entry level. You might be looking East side or even Redmond and Redmond is actually doing some great things too, to kind of grow and and keep their, keep their identity and culture going as well. Uh, But you can get a lot more house for your money over there as well. So
0: yeah, yeah. I I would agree with you. The only, the last question I have, I know I said that three times now, but
1: what's (laughs) that neighborhood
0: called? That's um, on that like mountain right on the heels of Northwest Bend there uh cuz I drove up all the way to the top of it when I was there last and uh what what's that called
2: So are you talking about Aubrey Aubrey yeah, Butte? Yeah,
0: Aubrey Butte is that what it's
2: Yeah. Called? Aubrey Butte there's a lot of, you know, bigger houses with views up in Aubrey Butte, you know, some new but a a good mixture of, of kind of older and newer but usually bigger lots and uh views. So that's definitely a premier place to live in Bend. Tetherow right now is a golf course community up uh Century Drive, as you're heading up to Mount Bachelor. Love
1: uh, I've played there a couple times.
2: Yeah, that—that's uh, you know, people are—they're they're building like crazy, million-dollar homes up there, and uh, and they're moving and they're going. People want to be up there; they like that view up there, and it is—it's a great view and it's a good location. Uh, so.
1: cool. Scott. What's
2: your average price point?
1: I don't know if we asked that.
2: Yeah, average price point for so I've got that information right here. It's right around five five fifty or so. No uh, way.
1: Across
2: yeah, that, for actives, that's the average active price is about five fifty right now. For solds, you're closer to four hundred. For if you look at all of Bend, if we're looking at Northwest Bend, it's you know substantially higher than that. Mm. Yeah. So and right now, I pulled up a couple of stats. You know, of uh, just looking at single-family homes, looks like we've got 765 on the market right now, and if you're you know talking about affordability, I looked at uh, homes that are active on the market under 300,000. there's 82 of those, so it's about 11 percent under 300,000. In between three to 500 is 57 uh, percent, or I'm sorry, 31 percent. And over 500, there's 439 homes over 500,000, which is 57% of those. No way. So, That's amazing.
1: Yeah. That's wow. amazing. You guys have a higher price point than we do. Well, that would explain why there's very little raff. <laughs> 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 and and the why there's so many golf, golf courses. courses. Yeah, that yeah. too. That too. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, I so. think we covered a lot of great ground. Uh, I think we talked about some good stuff. I know I love Ben. I love chatting about it. So thanks for joining us, Scott.
2: Absolutely. Thank you and you guys are welcome. Uh we love having people come in Ben. So, nice to see you guys. Yeah, I'm next coming, time I'm packing there.
1: my bags. I'm not leaving. Yeah, there you go. You had me We got some houses, Steve. You had me with no traffic. 10 cars at the roundabout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. Cool. All right guys, well uh this is episode 48 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're signing off. We'll see you guys next week.